Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. And, uh, you know, you guys hear me always talk about me putting DL on, Godfrey, Mike Epps, Sandra Bullock, but the list goes on, ladies and gentlemen. The, the style of stand-up comedy you see today, from Corey Holcomb to Samora to Cheryl Underwood, all of them came up under the wing of T.K. Kirkland. Like, my style truly changed the the style of comedy to make people go the direction they need to go. What do you think, Mr. Hayes? Uh, I would definitely attest to that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I mean, yeah, you made it easy. It's funny you, you say you say uh, you said uh, Cheryl Underwood. She was another person that I seen that I was like, okay, all right, okay. It changed me. I was like a corny nigga at first, and not because I was a corny nigga. I was just in Detroit. They only had white clubs, so right. when, when I first started, you know what I'm saying. And right. then, then Def Jam came out. And then they start having black clubs in Detroit, and they all spent off of Def Comedy Jam. So I'm real thankful right. about mm-hmm. that. But, but yeah, so I went to uh, when I first seen you, it was at um, Andrew Ford's club in whoa uh, in Columbus, Columbus, Ohio. Oh shit! That's when I first started doing comedy, and that was my first road gig. From Detroit, and that's when I seen you, and I've seen Faison, and I and I've seen uh, Cheryl Underwood. Wow! And, and, Hope, yeah. and Hope Flood, and that's how I met Hope Flood. Man, you just you just took me back to Andrew Ford. Man, that's crazy, right? Like that's when yeah. we that's when I quote unquote. This is the, now, this this is the early nineties. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, so when I first started, it was in '94 when I first started. Okay. Because yeah, so, so, I moved man, to LA in '96. So good to sit back and see you guys still doing your thing. But what's what's so been great about this this game of stand-up comedy that if you stay in it long enough, you can get your break. Depending on what you're looking for, right? Yeah. Because if people are trying to do television and movies because it's so political, you got to create your own TV show. You got to create your own movie and try to find your own financing so you come to the table with something in your hand. You ain't kissing nobody's ass. Give me an example, right? I just did an interview on Ace the Table, and I talked about Terry Crews. Now, Terry Crews and I used to be great friends. Love this nigga. Now, Terry Crews wrote a script called YBI, Young Boys Incorporated, about the crew in, in, in Detroit, Michigan. And I went out and got all my homies together. I raised $6 million to do this movie. I'm going to show you how fucked up Hollywood is. Terry Crews had an agent at the time. We go see, I forgot the name of the agent. They, they don't exist anymore. So we go out to L.A. I got my guys, football players. We got the money. We ready. 
Now, the movie was supposed to be me being the star of YBI, Young Boys Corporate. So that's why I went and raised the money. So once we got into the office, talked to the agent, and by me raising $6 million, I'm going to tell you how they broke this down. By the time that meeting was over, I wasn't a star no more. By the time this meeting was over, I wasn't even a producer no more. By the time this movie was, by the time this meeting was over, I was only going to get associate credit, meaning six million went down to maybe a few thousand. So my team walked away from the deal, right? Because the deal was supposed to be for me, and that was the craziest thing I see. And I so when you see African Americans make it, the odds them to make it in that game is like playing the lottery and I truly feel uh, I wish comedians who have the experience of stand up comedy can grow to be agents within CAA William Morris because we know who truly uh, who truly is the talent on the streets in stand up comedy See those guys who are in the office they don't they don't travel the country. They don't know what comedian is what comedian and who's good and who's not good. They just go off a wing and a prayer. And that's the reason why when people do blow up, the comedians who truly know, we look and go, Oh, that nigga ain't really funny because we know so many other people that could destroy that nigga. But it goes to show you how this game ain't fair. Okay, so let me let me. I love that story, and that's and I understand that. But and, and let me say this: a lot of people ask like, "What, where I've been and what I've been doing?" I had took off for like six years, and and right. one of the reasons it was like a strike one, strike two, strike three kind of thing for me, because mm-hmm. you know I, I'm from Detroit, man. So everything that all the success I had at the top of my success, I felt triple that because I went to Detroit and bought houses. You know what I'm saying? I know I've heard you, you got a lot of experience about Detroit. So you know what I mean? So I I felt richer because I could go somewhere else with my money, like was longer, but make a long story short. One of the the, uh, things was they, it was a Spanky Hayes type. So I was, it was this uh, movie called the lottery ticket came out, Bow Wow, uh, Brandon T. Jackson, right. Mike right. So in the breakdown, it said, da-da-da, da-da-da, a Spanky Hayes type. So all these fucking agencies start calling me. I'm thinking I blew up, you know, out of nowhere. But it's all for this one fucking movie because in the breakdown, it says a Spanky Hayes type. So wow. I go to the fucking, man, I went to like eight auditions, bro, eight. Like I, in front of Ice Cube, in front of the other nigga that be in the movie with him, and all like, every every fucking guy. I even seen Ice Cube going to Detroit on the flight. Him and his son. I was like, I, I was like, man, what's up, bro? Like, come on. So so you know, I don't know, whatever. So the last one I went, and the lady said, you didn't really read it, like, you know, you wasn't really giving it to me. And I was like, well, I did it eight times. Like, how many times? You want me to do this shit? And I was like, it says a Spanky Hayes type in the breakdown. I'm Spanky Hayes. She said, well, <laughs> you, you feel me? 
Right. She said, well, right. She said, well, just, just because it's that Spanky Hayes doesn't necessarily mean we want Spanky Hayes. Man, I went fucking berserk in that wow. office. Like, I've never heard that shit. I said, so you mean you rather have a motherfucker who act like me instead of me? All right. Good luck. That was like, that strike, like strike two. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Hollywood That's is insane. a beast. It's a beast, mm-hmm. bro. I, I like to explain it like this is like a this is like Hollywood is like having this girl that everybody else fucks, and and you gotta watch them fuck her in front of you. Sometimes the same way you fuck her, a nigga will go fuck you, and you gotta watch it. You gotta endure that shit. Like like you just still gotta. It's like being standing next to a nigga who got shot at. Free that though, but you right, right there, you know what I'm saying? And that's Hollywood. Yeah. That's like the sacrifices you got to put up to be a fucking star, man. And like but a lot of the thing we just them. said, a lot of people don't have the knowledge. Like the people who do this, every now and then you see a good a person that knew what they was doing. Like let's take them to show Snowfall, right? Oh yeah, the casting on that was impeccable. Every character was on point. And guess what else they did at Snowfall? It was a lot of brand new faces. Right. It wasn't D-Ray's best work. That's D-Ray's best because D-Ray had a cast of unknowns around him that he wouldn't, it wasn't your typical actors and actresses who starred in other things. That was now part of this, so you yeah. got to see other artists grow and develop and get their break. That's what I love about Snowfall. Now, have you ever watched Ozark? I've I've, I've dabbled in Ozark, but I, I'm not really. I don't know it that well. Ozark had the same concept. Everybody it was a few main characters with stars, but the majority, everybody else was brand new but everybody was talented. So that should be the format in all shows moving forward. Instead of using like, and no, just no hate to Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson is in everything, but what you're telling me is that you couldn't, and all the, same, all the things Samuel Jackson has done, you couldn't have found another motherfucker to do what Samuel Jackson did. Because it ain't like Samuel Jackson was acting like anybody different. Right. He's the same motherfucker in everything, even down to the um the commercials. What's in your wallet? Right. Well, you know, I I just feel like and I've seen it, it's like once they type, like that's what it is. It's like you'll yes. always be known for that one thing once you strike it big. Like like once yep. you get your home run, you always on that team, like you know what I'm saying? Like yes. like it's, it's that's a weird thing. Like, like I even say this, and this, this is like some game I could get a young, young actors and upcoming people. It's like they don't know what they want. See, see it's like they know they don't know they what they want. want, right? But, but they know they kind of know who they want. Like you said, like, like uh, Samuel Jackson or uh, Denzel or you know, which was great. I love they acted like old boy now, who's in Creed and now in Ant Man and uh, yes. Like that guy, he was in the Western movie. And but I've been like, watching. I'm not the, um, Jonathan something. Jonathan. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, he so, came out of I, nowhere, but he's good. No, but, no, but no, he, no, no. I've seen him, right? I'm not impressed with him yet. I, I, man, I, I like the uh, Creed. I like the Creed. I like. I think I, I think I'm like Creed. No, I'm saying I think I'm gonna like that. I think I'm gonna like I Creed. Hope I like it too. But, he might get me on that, but everything else I've seen him in Devotion, the airplane movie. I've seen him in that Witchcraft on HBO. It is no. I may not know what I'm talking about, but he doesn't pull me in as a star yet. He did pretty good, and I agree with you. I, I do agree with you. Uh, but and but he did okay in the uh, Western movie that was on Netflix that had, like, everybody, Dion Cole, and had a lot of people in it. Uh, but he did okay in that one. But I always felt like, yeah, I feel what you're saying. Like, like uh, maybe. But yeah, because see, what has happened, yeah, let me think. Let's see if we, we can agree on this. What has happened to me, and maybe – you might agree, is that they don't know what they want, so they pull Sammy Jack because that's an easy check that character off the list. It's an easy win, right? You don't have to really worry about that particular character. And right. I right. don't really think you have to have true talent no more. Well, I think that uh, I agree with you, and I think that we uh, kind of suffer from the same illness because it, it's a, it's a, like I said earlier, the Slinky the Slinky Hayes type. It definitely was a, is a TK Kirkland type. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I will definitely say the Slinky Hayes type came from TK Kirkland type. You know what I'm saying? So right, it's right. De- definitely stages of of everything. Like Little Wayne is now Little Uzi Burke. You feel me? And mm-hmm. you know, like you said, Corey Holcomb. I always say, tell Corey, nigga, you sold my style. You know what I'm saying? But and then right. I hear you say, you know what I'm saying? And hear you say that too. I'm like, okay, that's fair. Well, all right, we both came out of the Yeah, but thing. You, know, you know, the thing I like about Corey Holcomb, he's very talented. I, I watched No, I, bro, he's talented. I'll be joking with him. I'll be joking yeah, with him. I watched yeah. Corey two weeks ago for the first time maybe in 20 years. We all performed at the improv on Merrill's. I sat there and I watched him. And I really enjoyed him. And people will hear him on his podcast every now and then saying what you said, that I, T.K. Kirkland, helped me to become the comedian that I am today. And I always want to salute all of y'all for that because what I have been doing the last year or so is really, really making my rounds around the industry and the world to let people know who was the guy who really started this because I didn't take um, entertainment as serious as everybody else did. Like, I really didn't want to – I'm not the nigga who was going to shoot for movies and TV sitcoms. One is because of what you said earlier, they don't know who they want. So since I was always a hustler getting money, then when the stand-up thing started doing well and I worked so much, it was a choice. Do I go over here for this audition because these motherfuckers don't know who they want? Exactly. Or do I go get the bread that I know that's for real? Because I take my time very seriously. So I, I always went for the quick dollar. Now, some comedians got their little break and skyrocketed, right? It skyrocketed, boom. But uh, when I was on Bill Bellamy not too long ago, the thing about my career 
is I have been consistent on level eight plus for 38 years. I mean, let me say this to you. Every time a person want me to do a show and I'll be real and say six out of 10, they say, do you know TK Kirkland? Wow. Of course I do. Like, okay, well, okay, we're trying to get our money up to book like a TK Kirkland or a, or like a Corey Holcomb. And that's funny that you're saying like the same name. But, but yeah, that's different. And, and then listen, let me say this, Big Bro, and let, let me break this down when I say about how I say they don't know what they want. Let me give you mm-hmm. the best example that although you, you've been on enough auditions to, to know what I mean by this. So, right. so the audition starts. Uh, maybe the casting agent comes out and says, okay, guys, you know, we're going to do it like the paper. Let's just just give me give me what you got. Example A, give me what you got, meaning we don't mm-hmm. know what we want. So maybe one goes in, two go in, and three go in, and then the casting agent come back out and say, well, you know how you, we want you to do it like this? We want you to do it more like this now. <laughs> you understand? Because that's mm-hmm. they just seen four people, three people do something and they might like might not like them, but they liked how he said this and he did that because again they never seen it, it's all on paper to them. So it's like, Oh, so we're uh, so what auditioning really is is developing the character. That's why they have worldwide auditions. Because they don't know. So right. they let they let us develop the character, and then they give it to Samuel Jackson already wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what our it is. Right. Yep. That's so true, yo. Yeah. So true. You hit that right on the nail. Straight up. That's what, you got to live it. Yep. You got to live that shit to, to know how to talk it. And then you know, and that's another thing about this generation. I'm I'm kind of an OG. I'm an OG in the game now, shit. So, it's, but right. it's like these, these internet niggas are cool. And let me just say that. Let me just throw this out there. They're cool. You guys are cool. Thirty seconds. There's nothing to do. You know what I'm saying? I like I like your the way you. But they don't, don't give. I'm sorry to interrupt. They don't get booked off talent. No, they don't. The they world don't. now is based on how many followers you have. So exactly, you got ten million, five million followers. That helps with the ratings of the show, and that's right. ass ass backwards, right? Let's let's take the comedy clubs for instance. Like I just did Dayton, Ohio. So okay. before I got there, sometimes in different clubs they say, "TK, can we? The numbers are not looking good. Can we paper the room?" I tell them no. I said because I'm about to go on the radio and change the game. Don't you dare do a, a ticket cut price, and don't you dare give any tickets away for free. So I just did Dayton, Ohio this weekend, sold it out. Okay. But prior cool. to me getting there, the numbers was respectful, but it wasn't eye-popping. Right. Mr. Hanky, right. Mr. Spade, Mr. Hayes, listen, once I did radio, it was insane. So everything has fallen off. Remember back in the day when the club, the comedy clubs, 
or have some out there putting out flyers for the comedian who was coming next week. Remember back in the day when you did a comedy club, you got up early in the morning to go do radio. For sure. No doubt. They don't even do that no more. And I, I'm saying to myself, now check that. if I owned a comedy club, I wouldn't give a fuck who was performing that week. I want to promote the club so much that I want to have asses in the seats and the comedian is just the ice on the cake because I'm selling good food. I'm selling good drinks. I'm selling a great atmosphere. Right. And even the owners have even gotten lazy. This is crazy, yo. Yeah, because because social media. They could just the social, social media. media. Yeah, because they could just hire somebody, like you say, less talent, but they always trying to keep a few real comedians around because they, right. they a lot of them don't survive. You know what I'm saying? So it's like right. it's just, that's why real comedians are coming back. I mean, you know, no dis- they like Soldier Boy in a way, and that's it's like no disrespect to that, but it's like he's like an internet no, nigga. Understand. Right. Yeah, he's an internet nigga. He like. He, he's probably because you the generation before me, so he those dudes to me is like probably the dudes to you how you felt when the rush of black comedians came after death comedy jam. Right, you know right. Like all of these mm-hmm. fucking new niggas, and that, that's exactly how I feel about them. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and they just skip, and I don't have no real problem with them. It's just that. They skipped over a whole fucking generation of real comedians for life, and that's kind of weird, oh, yeah. but that's how it goes. Uh, like, like yeah. I only got like fifty thousand on Instagram, but I'm sure a girl with a big ass that had way more than that. Isn't that something? A girl with a big ass and trucking could get two point seven million, and not even getting a check. Think about all the women. When the social media first started, like Black Stallion, whatever that girl name, used to clap her ass and all that. You don't hear about these hoes no more. Right. Like Big, what, what was her name? Big Booty something. Big, the first stallion was something to stuff. Right, right. Something the stallion. Right, yeah, right. Like, yeah, like porn stars don't even get the love that they used to get because of social media. It's changed imagine, a lot. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine that. <laughs> the Cherokee to ass is nothing on Instagram. Imagine mm-hmm. that. Pinky. Mm-hmm. Like the bitches that really, you know what I'm saying, that really get started the game. Oh, I about the girl just, Pinky. Pinky was getting fat, though. Yes, he was. But I'm just saying on the legendary style, she should have followers. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, that's just how I feel. So the, the 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 game here now is persistence. The game here now is to try to fit in where you try to get in where you fit in. Right. Get money, stack as much as you can, and do the truly best because everything that we have learned about this business entertainment in the last thirty eight years just throw it out the window. Because it doesn't apply anymore. It doesn't apply. No. Mm-mm. Not at all. It doesn't apply. Yeah, I you swear. Just gotta do what you can, and um, 
maintain. But when I saw your DM, I said, oh, man, I ain't talked to this brother in a minute. No, man. It was good. It was good to hear from you, cuz. I used to always tell you, remember? I used to tell you about the the, the shirts that you used to wear. Yeah, it used to be like, hey, man, what you doing? What you doing, man? You was gangster when you first came out here. I'm like, oh, come on, big bro. I'm just sitting there. Just let me fit in right quick. And to any comedian that's listening, when you go on stage, your presentation got to look good. You got to have on a clean shirt, a fresh pair of clean jeans, and a haircut if you can, lined up if you can. You got to smell good if you can. Your shoe game got to be on point. And to become a, a, a halfway decent comedian, you have to read and know your current events. To be a halfway decent comedian, if you're not the headliner, know what the headliner is talking about before you go on stage so you don't step over what the headliner is talking about. Because this could be an opportunity of a lifetime. The headliner could like you, and boom, you're off to making hundreds of thousands of dollars because he going to pull you, he pulls your coattail. Now you're traveling with him. Because comedians like other comics who listen and who know the game of stand-up comedy. Now, you can go up there and say, I'm going to turn this motherfucker out and make it difficult. For the headliner, I promise you, your ass won't work no more. I promise you that you won't work no fucking more. You know so what? Okay. And I got to I got to agree with you because, and then I because I, I could go from both sides because I remember being a young comic wanting to blow the, the headliner off the stage. You know, right. and, being, and being from Detroit. That's we kind of had pride on that, and I used to feel that way until it came back on me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, mm. y'all niggas ain't gotta do a million fucking minutes, but y'all live here. Like, nigga, I'm visiting. Y'all should want me to have all that. Right. Like, so, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but and then people always want you to take the baddest shit in this game as a compliment. Like that should be a compliment to you, nigga. How is that a compliment to me, nigga? Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> That's some. That's some shit a nigga said who didn't want to fight, and that shit just exactly. caught on. Exactly. exactly. That's not no compliment. I don't give a fuck. Exactly what you're saying. That ain't no fucking compliment. Never. Man, I, I'm telling you. So, you know, this game is weird as hell, and it's just it's just good to still be alive and, and because this shit will make you lose everything. You will lose everything before you get anything, and that's, that's another something. And to the comedians. And, and, and let me give the niggas another side of this game of life. If you're a comic and trying to be a comedian, I've heard some people say you got to go all in and go for it, but that's not real life, ladies and gentlemen. You got to, if you've grown and you're over 21, 25 years old, you got to have a job. You got to have a job. I'm going to stay in the comedy. You cannot be out here struggling, not paying your bills, living from one woman to another one, using them, using your mother, 
using oh. girlfriends because you gonna sold them a dream. And you, and you support her because that's who's gonna support you for real yeah. if you just tell the truth. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you want to work hard, hard. yeah, right. Get a skill, yeah. learn something that you can eat because there's no guarantee you're gonna make it in this entertainment shit. But there's one thing you will be for the rest of your life, a man or a woman. For sure. And you've got to be accountable for what you do with your life. Because I want everybody to have a, a roof over their head. I want everybody to drive a decent car. I want everybody to lay in a nice bed. Yeah. But comedy, entertainment may not be your field, but you still can pursue it. But you got to have a job. you got to tell every yeah. young comedian that. Like, would they say, if you could do anything, if I could do anything over, I would say, nigga, I wouldn't have starved that long. I would have got a fucking job. Like, yes. you know, like, like I think it's very important to just have money. To, right. Because situations happen in a lot of situations that you, it didn't happen to you, but if you got children or people you care about, situations happen. So, right. you know, it's different. It's not, it's not true. Yeah. You want to so, be as a man. Yeah. Yeah. Just about being a man. Like, and let me say this, and that's why, you know, another reason why I took, I had to take off because when I figured out, it broke my heart. Like, like because I, I'm, I do stand up, but I'm more of, I, I would say lately I'm more of an actor, but, but okay. I still love stand up. You know, that's how I started. And that's what right. it's always, I, I think niggas do movies to go on the road to do stand up. So, you know, right. I think it's more beneficial to a comedian when you can work off a movie, you know what I'm saying? And then you can yep, do yep. more and, and things like that. Mike F style, you know what I'm saying? That's where the mm-hmm. first person I've seen benefit off a movie was Mike F, you know what I'm saying? When he started right. on Friday. A lot of people don't know Mike F slept on my couch until he got those roles. And then he right. got spot. Like, this, that was, you know, my boy. Like, this was me. At one time, me and Mike F was like, Nigga, like, like, Juvie and BG, nigga, whoever you want to say. You know what I'm saying? Right. Two, yeah, we, you know, we was tight like that. But then, you know, situations, the game, you know. Right, right. So I understand. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And we, we don't got to get into that because I don't want to bash nobody. And I love everybody. I got kids now and babies that I raise, and I'm around love and peace every day. I got a fine-ass wife I can fuck on. Anytime, like, my my life ain't so bad, you know what I'm saying? You can always use more money, you know what I'm saying? But what nigga don't need more? A nigga would have right. worked 12 hours a day still say, I need more money. A movie yeah, star, right. money. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, see, everybody need more money. So that that ain't so big of a problem either. It's just all about the hustle, man. And, that, you know, that go back to you, man. You, you, you in every city at all times, bro. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing I like the most. I'm glad that everybody can see that. Like, wow, this motherfucker TK is every fucking where. Everywhere, man. You can't deny that. Can't deny it. Now that, man. You can't deny that. Yeah, I did my thing, and that was good. And listen, Mr. Hayes, we haven't talked in a long time, but I'm, I want you to know the day I felt like I was talking to a brother who had been on vacation, and we hadn't talked in a minute, like a family member, like, yo, the love for you is strong, dog. Man, I appreciate that, and, I, and the same thing back, bro. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? You my big bro, man. Just know whenever you ever see me around, you just know you're somebody else. You got somebody else. Nigga, right yes, there. Like, right. You know, that's how we do, man. And then I'm going to say this to all black entertainers, man, because we got it the hardest. Like, like it's, uh, and I mentioned Mike Epps, so I had, I got to say this, like, me and Mike Epps had, like, a 20-year beef, man, like, 15-year beef. We ain't even talked to each other and, you know, shitting on each other's name and all kind of shit. But, but that don't help us as black people because I've been on the white side, too, so I, I see how they, I, I hear how they talk about us and how they put us all in the box and how they, you know what I'm saying, I hear how my Jewish friends, you know, to feel about us, you know what I'm saying? So if I do, so like, oh, they're just actors and, you know, they don't think too much of actors, man, and they don't think too much of us. So it's like, cause that's how, and then that kind of go back to what you were saying with the Samuel Jackson. Well, we're cool with him. We know his wife, his kids go to school with mine. You know, that's how they do it. It's not about talent, you know, and then I, I like I was saying earlier, the, the game broke my heart, man, because I wasted my whole 20s, big bro, in L.A., starving, going to couch to couch. You nailed that right on the head. Woman to woman mm-hmm. and to couch. And, nigga, I ain't start really having babies till I moved to L.A. You feel me? Right. So, you know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm, I'm couch surfing and, and, and paying rent with my dick and all that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hustling, hustling this comedy. You know what I'm saying? But. You know, so so it's like as black people, man, we gotta all stick together, bro, because they don't look at us like that. Like like when they say Atlanta black Hollywood, I don't I don't feel that because I'm in the real Hollywood. Like like if right. nigga say, and you Hollywood, you Hollywood ass nigga, I I take that as a compliment, nigga, because I starved to be a Hollywood nigga. So I, I mean, if everybody case ain't my case. I'm just coming at it how I come, how my life. The only thing I can talk about is what I talked about. You know what I'm saying? And what I've seen with my own eyes and my own experience. So I'm going to say this. Everybody squash the beef. If you got any beef with any comedian, so what? He, he's similar to you or, you know, whatever the case may be or he said something on your name or whatever, man. Niggas die every day. We have so many comedians die lately. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And and I think it's like A.J. Johnson, rest in peace. Me and him had a, a full-blown argument about to about to have a fight in front of the comedy store right before he died. Wow. So yeah, bro. So I I feel extra stupid because he died. My big bro died, and he showed me the ropes. Like he was my first superstar dude when I first moved to LA in 1996. He was the first. Him and Lamont Bentley, rest in peace, from Moesha and and AJ Johnson. I already kind of knew him from comedy because whoever would come to Detroit, you know, like how. Mm-hmm. I was, at you, like how I mean, how we kept our relationship because I would see you come through Detroit, like, hey, what's up? I'm about to move to LA, but you know, the whole thing is, man, niggas die, man, people die, yeah. man, relationships die, man, and mm-hmm. and people die with their relationships. So just try to be friends with somebody. You know, it's like at work, like we still got to get our job done. That don't mean we got to always talk to each other like that, right? You know yeah, but what I but what I see that has happened with you. I see trials and tribulations and you have grown and I, I really appreciate you being on my show today, sharing that because it's good to hear another angle of the thing, not just comedy of life, right? Right. See? Of life. And that was amazing to hear that. And, 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 
Spanky Hayes, ladies and gentlemen. Tell me your, your handle, yo. Tell me your IG. Uh, my IG is official, Spanky Hayes. Uh, uh, I think my Facebook is C Hayes, C E E Hayes, H A Y E S. Uh, I think that's about it, man. Uh, uh, I got a YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, all. after you listen to this podcast, show the brother love. Tell him you heard the story. Tell him you you felt it. You yeah. and, and this and his, and what and what he's saying doesn't just apply to comedy; it applies to life. If you're a truck driver, you work for Amazon, you work for Best Buy, you work at a grocery store, you work at a the front desk of a hotel, you're a baggage handler, right? You're an Uber driver. Show love, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Believe me, because this shit goes by in a quick in a fuck eye. I'm I got to run, everybody. Mr. Mr. Spanky Hayes, I love you, family. I got to get ready for this event, and we'll talk soon. Okay, let me say this. Hey, man, uh, I just had a son, January 16th, Kobe Clay Hayes. Man, you got a new nephew, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, thank you so much. Love you. You know Congratulations to the baby. Yeah, man, I got three now. Yeah, since I've seen you, I got three, Lily, Jedi, and, uh, and Kobe now. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to I my wish kids. I yeah. You stay working hard, stay focused. Your kids need you. You hear me? Yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. I believe I it. salute you. Stay strong, brother. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland. For more information about upcoming events and more, visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.